Welcome to the Mompreneur Guide Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Moran. Just like you, I'm a mom entrepreneur on a mission to live a present and productive life, to be around for all the moments with my kids while also following my dreams and passions. Join me each week as I uncover a new tip or trick that will help you live your life just as you want and with as much ease as possible. Let's get started with today's episode. Hello, my amazing mompreneurs. Before we hop into today's episode, I did want to share a fun announcement with you in case you have not seen me sharing all about it in email and on Instagram. We had a big week last week, and that is because we launched our Get It Done Guides. We have a whole shop now, and this is the one way that we are here to serve you and serve you so well when it comes to growing your authority and your community on your terms. What does that mean? What are these guides even about? Well, here's the deal. When I started this business, I knew I wanted to get out there and share my message and serve so many people. You know, I'm all about helping fellow mompreneurs grow their business with simplicity and ease and be present and productive and all the things. But I didn't want to community build and share that message in the way that everybody said you had to. I was so over Facebook groups and how cluttered that space was. I didn't want to be awkward in the DMs. If you know me, I love my audio messages and so I put my own twist on it, but I didn't want to be like spammy Sammy just reaching out to 10 people a day and all of that. And so I really had to figure out what was the way that I wanted to show up consistently, share my message that was easy for me as at that time a mom with two under two and something that just really felt in alignment. Long story short, you're listening to me here on the podcast today. That was my first thing that I did to start to grow my authority and my community. I did it really simply. I launched the podcast. Within 90 days, I had all of season one done, batched, recorded, out, gifts sent, all of the things that you can imagine so that the rest of my time was spent on, okay, how can I further this experience? And after I did that, I then did further the experience with Instagram Lives, which grew my lead gen in my community and nurtured them even more and my connections. And that's where it led into the last part of all the work that I was doing, which was really collaborating in a magnetic way, a way where it's not just a one and done situation, but where I started to cultivate these really deep relationships and at the end of the day, friendships with these amazing mompreneurs. And now we're able to support each other and grow each other's businesses together, hand in hand, arms linked. And so this is what you can learn from me now. I've spent months learning all of these things, tweaking, figuring out what works, what doesn't. I bet a lot of you have seen the work that I've been doing, and I know a lot of you have commented on, this is super interesting, and I want to learn it too. That's what these Get It Done guides are for. They are the exact process, the most efficient process that we have learned and are now taking in our business to grow our community and grow our authority in the way that feels best to us. These guides will allow you to literally get it done, step-by-step process, templates, whatever you need, depending on whether it's the podcasting one, the collaboration one, or the Instagram Live for Legion. You'll have walkthroughs, tech guides, all of that that you need to know in order to go from wanting to do a podcast or wanting to try out Instagram Lives to grow your leads or wanting to collaborate more, but in a really exciting and heartfelt way. These guides will help you actually get it done or allow you to easily offload this to your VA and know that they actually know a legit process that works. 
If you are interested in checking out this exciting launch that we have been doing, please head to themompreneurguide.com slash shop. And the first 10 women, there are a few spots left that sign up, will receive 50% off both these guides individually and wrapped together in our authority building and community building bundles. So if you are ready to grow your authority and your community on your own terms, and you've been loving what you see me do and are ready to do it yourself, I've got you. Head to themompreneurguide.com slash shop so you can get started. Now let's hop into today's episode. Hello, my lovely ladies. Welcome back to the Mompreneur Guide podcast. Today, I have Kathy with us and Kathy is a Pinterest and marketing expert and she is going to tell us more about Pinterest, how it's not just a tool for recipes and weddings and parties and all of those things, but how it can actually be a driver in our business. So I'm going to hop into her bio. We're going to learn more about her mompreneur story and then we are going to go into these juicy strategies that are simple and can help us save more time and make a bigger impact because you know that's what our goal is here at the Mompreneur Guide. Kathy Heplin is a Pinterest marketing expert and strategist who has a passion for helping make Pinterest marketing easy for her clients. She launched her Pinterest consulting business after personally experiencing how powerful this tool was as a traffic driver to her own blog and online shop. Now she merges her up-to-date knowledge on Pinterest's current best practices with her firsthand experience and proven strategy to help clients increase their reach and influence in a simple way, which you know I am all about. Kathy and I actually met through Lisa from episode number 28 because she had a raving review of Kathy and the work that she does. Lisa personally has seen Pinterest become the number one traffic driver to her site without spending crazy money on a ton of ads or dealing with tailwind pins, if you are familiar with Pinterest. When I heard all of this, I knew I had to bring this new simple marketing strategy into your world so that you could learn more and that I could too. So Kathy, thank you so much for sharing your insights on a platform we love but might not know how to use in our business. Before we hop into how we can use Pinterest and how it can be an easier platform to use that requires less of our time over traditional marketing and social media, can you share a quick highlight of your mompreneur journey so we can understand where you came from to get to the Pinterest expert you are today? Sure. Thank you so much for having me, Megan. I love this. So I've always been super entrepreneurial. I probably have had so many side hustles. So when my kids were little, I had a painting business. I've always had like something going on. I have college age, actually one graduated child, but when they left home to go to school, I wanted their new spaces to feel like home. So I was working full time and I actually started my own business blogging, but also creating handmade home decor items. It was called like home because I wanted their space to feel like home. So as I was sort of finding my way in business, and at at that point, it was really just a side hustle for me. I came across a Pinterest course and I didn't know anything about it, took the course and literally within months of following the best practices that I learned, Pinterest became the number one driver of traffic to both my blog and my website. So these items that I was making for my kids when they were going to school, I was selling them and I was getting most of my traffic now from Pinterest. So fast forward a couple of years, everybody was asking me how I did it, what I was doing, and I started helping other people with Pinterest. And I kind of morphed my my business to that. This past year, I was able to leave my full-time job and I do Pinterest consulting full-time now. And my very favorite thing to do is to help small and newer businesses learn about Pinterest because it's really sort of this 
hidden gem. I think for a lot of businesses, people don't understand that it's not just for recipes and wedding planning. And it is a really easy and can be free way to drive cold traffic to your business. So that's just how it all started. And it just literally in about a five-year span, it developed to what I'm doing now. I love that. I love what a creative you are. Like, I'm sure when you take personality tests, it's all about you being like a maker and things like that. Because yeah, having that handmade home decor, amazing. I love the mission behind it and how you were supporting your kids here. We're all about being present and productive mompreneurs and being ground for all those moments and and having that, but having our individual selves. And so I love how you meshed the two, that you're doing something for them and making things feel like home for them, even though they were not in there traditional or older home space. That is quite the story. The biggest thing that I also took out of this is how you went down this journey of Pinterest. And it was like you said, this hidden gem. I think that is so interesting. And I agree because I remember when Pinterest first started and you had to get the invitation to get on Pinterest. And at that time I was running my fashion business. So for me, it was a great platform for curating outfits and using the tools in so many different ways. And And now that I am out of that space and in the business space and I have kids and doing their parties or, you know, little things like that or trying to figure out what activities to do with them, I've used it in a multitude of different ways over these years. But never in a more business-like space have I really used Pinterest. And so first and foremost, can you tell us when it comes to this strategy, tell us about that bridge. I think a lot of us, as you said, we know it for our weddings, we know it for our kids, we know it for recipes, but what don't we know about it for our businesses? So I think the thing that people don't either think about or know about Pinterest is Pinterest is actually a search engine. So Pinterest is a search engine, just like Google, just like YouTube. So people go to Pinterest to find solutions to problems. They go to find a product to buy. They go to, you know, look for answers to questions. So yes, it's a beautiful place to go to find all those things we're used to going there for but it's also a place that people go to find sort of solutions to issues they're having. And that's why people like us that are service providers and coaches really can benefit from being there because people aren't just going there searching for what we typically think of Pinterest for. And as it grows, they're going there for more and more. And we can talk more about this, but like not only are you able to share more about yourself and and allow people to get to know you, But you can also, if you're selling a digital product or if you're selling a particular service or you have opt-ins or freebies, it is an amazing place to put those. And it's a great way to grow your email list. So there are lots of benefits beyond what we typically think of Pinterest. And the key being just remembering that it's a search engine. I love that you said that you go there for your solutions. But I'm really curious when you said it's a place that people can go to get to know you. Tell me more about that. Dive into that because I don't traditionally think of Pinterest in that way. I think of, sure, Instagram in that way, but I've never heard Pinterest be talked about. So so dive into that a little deeper for us. Sure, sure. So different than Instagram, you're not really getting to know someone by their day-to-day, right? You're getting to know them by searching for a solution, coming across someone's free content, their blog, their podcast, their YouTube videos. 
you're clicking on that pin and you're going to wherever that is on their home base, on their website, and you're learning more about them. Most of the time that gives you as a business owner, the opportunity to nurture them. A lot of times it involves getting them on your email list so that you can truly nurture them. But it's a way for people who, because a lot of your traffic from Pinterest is going to be cold. People don't know who you are. One beautiful thing about Pinterest is, is most searches are unbranded. So really everybody has the opportunity for being found there if you've set up a great foundation on Pinterest. And we can talk more about that too. But once they come to you, they don't really know you. A lot of times, you know, they're not ready to invest in an expensive service or program. So by bringing them in cold and nurturing them, you're warming them up and you're getting them to understand that you're the expert in the field and the thing that they want. Yeah, I love that. And so to me, it sounds like you go from the search as we're familiar as consumers, we go from searching for something and then we see the free content and then we click on it and we start to navigate around the page and hearing their voice and things like that. So it seems to me like you need some foundational pieces in place. Like I'm sure all of us have opt-ins and a place to go for stuff, but can you tell us, do we need a blog? Is that a requirement? Is it just simply getting them to a freebie that is compelling enough that then they get on your email list? Like Walk us through what are some basic pieces that maybe they're not a Pinterest piece, but they're that back end once they leave Pinterest that we need to have set up to really help them. Sure. So what's really cool is, yeah, a blog is amazing. It's amazing. You know, and we do think of Pinterest historically as being a blogger's like haven, right? You know, they go on there, they pin all about their blog, but do you have to have a blog? No. Is it great to have some sort of free content that they can consume to get to know you better? Absolutely. I think more and more people are sharing their podcast episodes and their YouTube because more and more people are getting away from sort of the written content and into the audio and the visual. And that's just the way things are going on social media and in the world in general. But something that's pretty cool is there's a new type of pin on Pinterest called an idea pin. And an idea pin is what I like to think of as like a short form blog. And what it is, is it's similar to maybe like a reel or a TikTok or something like that, where you can provide this little burst of information. It can be video, it can be text, it can be a combination, and it can be a whole bunch of slides that educate your viewer about you or about what you're doing or what you're selling. And it's one of those things where if you don't have a blog, it's a great way to sort of share your expertise without sending someone off of Pinterest to learn more about you. In fact, at the current time, you cannot link on an idea pin. People are watching them in app. You can link some products and things like that. They've been around for about a year, but they're still adding features. And really Pinterest is putting a lot of effort into idea pins. And they're really fun because people are getting great engagement and they're getting great numbers from them because Pinterest wants us to use them. So think of it that way. Yes, a blog or some other sort of communication that you're doing for free is amazing and great to pin to. But if you don't have that at this time, think about creating idea pins where you can share those little snippets. I love that. And that really just sparked this concept or this thought for me. You said how people are engaging on there. Do you have some stats or things you could tell us on the people who are on Pinterest? Like if we're listening, 
And I think most of us are mompreneurs working with fellow mompreneurs or small business owners or, or things like that. But, you know, how do we know that the right people are there and going to engage in the right way? It sounds like this idea pin is cool because it's something new that we might stop on. But tell us about the market itself on Pinterest. So I would say jump on there. It's a free platform. You get on there, you try it out, you start creating pins. The most important thing on Pinterest, besides you know being consistent and setting up your account well, is keywording. So if you know your keywords or you need to do keyword research, do that. You can do that right on Pinterest. There are tons of great tools for keyword research on Pinterest. And it will help you see if people are searching for what you have to offer. You can simply go in the search bar and start using some keywords and you will see if people are searching for that. You will see maybe your competitors or people that are adjacent to what you're doing. That would be a great way to see, you know, what's on there. I have really not run across a niche that can't use Pinterest. Certainly there are smaller niches, right? What's really ironic is that Pinterest marketing is a small niche on Pinterest. So I work like extra hard. Whereas if you're like a food blogger, it's super easy. So I think the best thing to do is to test it out. I love the dipping your toes. Something that I've been hearing a lot about is being a C student and just trying stuff and seeing how it worked. And so when we're keyword researching, is there a certain number that we would know is like, oh, this is good. If we see a ton of pins, is that too saturated? If we don't see enough, does that mean that interest probably isn't there in that wording? Like, how can we use that to guide us to know that Pinterest is the place? And then I'd love to talk through once we know that that's the answer, what do we do next? Sure. So I think that you can very quickly tap into the search bar, put in some keywording around what you do, and you're going to very quickly see searches and search volume. I would imagine most of your audience will find that they can succeed on Pinterest, even if it's just for driving cold traffic, right? Like just if they want brand awareness or they just want more people to know whom they are. So you're going to look at that. You can also look at competitors on there because you can search profiles. So you can see what other people in your industry are doing on Pinterest. And the thing is with Pinterest, like don't get caught up in the numbers because Just because you have a low following doesn't mean that you're not successful because as a search engine, anyone can be found. You don't have to be followed by someone, for example, and don't get overexcited about the number of impressions. Some people have zillions of impressions, but you don't know they're running ads for those impressions, right? So Mm -hmm. it's just like anything else, like focus on your keywords and on your niche. And I think you will very quickly see if it's going to work for you. Try an idea pin. It's a great indicator as well. I love how you said there that because it's a search engine, it's not about who's following you. It's just about who's searching for your thing. And I think that's such a key there. And I think it's so helpful too, because we know how we can help people. And sometimes you you get caught up in the Instagram rat race and it becomes a challenge. It's like, hi, I know I have this thing that I can help you with. And then these people are over here like, hey, I really need help with this. And it seems like this is a great bridge for us to meet each other where we're at. So tell us once we 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 know a bit about the idea pin, we know that we have maybe a podcast or a YouTube channel or a blog. We have some place where we are currently creating content. So what do we need to create sans the idea post? What does that pin look like? What does it need to have? Is it a pin? Is there something else I don't know about? Now that we know we think we need this, what do we need to do next? 
So think of your pins as a visual representation of the promise that you're making when the person clicks on the pin, right? So if it's a standard pin and you do still want to be creating good old fashioned standard pins, you're going to want that pin to represent your brand. You're going to want to make sure you're keywording it well, your description, your title, your text overlay, because Pinterest is going to read all of it. And that is how they're going to deliver you to the right people. So make sure that your pin absolutely represents what you're promising when they click on it. Because if they end up clicking and you get give them something they weren't going for, you've lost them probably, right? And then with your idea pins, you have a little bit more freedom to do more creative things. They love video for idea pins. And that can literally be you talking on your Zoom, right? Like it can be anything. It could be a clip from your podcast. It could be a clip from your reel you did yesterday. I'm a huge believer in repurposing. Mm -hmm. I think that if you're already doing reels and you're already doing TikToks, one or the other, both, you will turn that in five minutes into an idea pin. So easy. I think it's so interesting for me, obviously with the podcast, you know, I have the audio and I have audiograms. And so is that something that would perform well on Pinterest? People would just scroll by and they'd stop and they'd see that content. Is that how that would work? Absolutely. So you would keyword your pins so that when someone was searching for whatever that episode was about, that pin would come. And then you could do your little audio clip and they can listen and watch. If it's a standard pin, they can click and go to wherever you have that. For example, for podcasters and YouTubers, I always recommend that you send them to your own website and have a link there that they can go to because then you've got them in your home base um, versus sending them to some other land to listen. But yeah, I think, you know, Pinterest especially idea pins. They're loving video. They're loving audio. They want them to be multidimensional. So it's a great idea. That's so interesting. And something that, yeah, I just never, you know, I feel like Pinterest is something that's like, yeah, I I know it it would be helpful and I know it's a search engine, but I never put it on the beginning of my to-do list. And I think this is so interesting because it's like, maybe that's better than sometimes spending time on Instagram. And I think there's something to be said about connection. Sure. On Instagram, we connected there. There's that one-on-one aspect, but if we could drive more people and get more impact, I think that's huge. So tell us what else do we need to know about Pinterest? Is there any other step once we know, okay, we want to do this. We we're looking at our keywords to try to get everything together. We know we have a blog or backend to send people to, and we've got the pin. Is there anything else that we need to know to really make an impact on Pinterest. I know um, Lisa mentioned that you're helping her with ads that are, you just pay for the ad or something. Tell us a little bit about that, where we could optimize even more. Sure. So the first thing that you want to do is make sure you have a Pinterest business account. Like before you do anything else, you need to sign up for a business account. Super easy. If you're already using Pinterest as a personal account and it is aligned with what you do in business, you can convert it to a business account. If not, you can start a new business account. It's very easy. It is not only going to give you access to analytics and your community insights, like it's going to help you with demographics about like who is looking at your stuff, but you also have to. (laughs) Pinterest requires it that if you're doing business on Pinterest, you need to have a Pinterest business account, but it 
it just gives you such good stuff. Plus it also gives you access to ads. So that's the first thing you definitely want to make sure you have a Pinterest business account. The second thing you want to do is to optimize that account. You need to keyword it. You need to make sure that you are setting up your boards correctly, optimize it for your particular business. And all of that is just going to help you to be found more easily in search. I go on accounts all the time and I look at people's boards and they've just like thrown up a cute title and there's no description. And I'm thinking they're never going to be found, right? You want a keyword rich title for your board and you want to fill out that full description with your keywords. It's the only place I say it's okay to keyword stuff because it's a machine reading your account and you want to help that machine understand what you're all about. So that's the second thing. So first you're going to set up your account. Second, you're going to optimize that account. Third is install your Pinterest tag on your website. So your Pinterest tag is like the Facebook pixel. It's this little bit of code. It's not hard to do. It goes right in the head section. The Pinterest help topic on this is super comprehensive and easy to use. You want to set that up right away, even if you're not going to run ads right away, because you want Pinterest to start to understand your business and understand your traffic so that when you do get around to running ads, that history is there. So that's really important. And you'll also not only add the base code, but if you are going to optimize for certain things, like say you're growing your email list, you'll add that as an event code. Say you're going to do sales, you'll add that as an event code. But I don't want to overcomplicate it right now, but just know that that adding your Pinterest tag is just the thing you want to do in the beginning. It's just Mm -hmm. important to do, knock it out. And then once you've done all of those things, those three really big things, which by the way, doesn't have to take a ton of time, then you can start creating your optimized pins and start pinning. There are definitely rules and best practices around pinning, how often that sort of a thing, but just know that the key to Pinterest is being consistent. So whatever that is for you, That could be one pin a day. That could be five pins a day. Gone are the days when people had to pin like 20 pins a day to be successful on Pinterest. It's not the case anymore. The other thing that is not the case anymore is you no longer have to really pin other people's stuff. Like it used to be this whole, like you're always sharing and doing all the things you can, if it makes sense for your business, but you don't have to. That's really interesting. I know in my previous business, there was a tailwind account set up. My person did this. I I had no idea what I was even looking at, but then there were like groups that I was in and these boards that were shared and all this stuff. And when I recently went through to to transition it to my new business, it's like, I don't, what is all this stuff? What is even going on? So I I roughly know about that. And so it's good to hear that it can be more simple than that. It doesn't have to be so complicated. Yeah, it is. And really I tell people all the time, if you've set Pinterest up correctly, if you spend an hour to two a week on it, max, you will be successful. You do not have to be on it all the time. I'm an Instagram person too. I use that as my engagement place. That's where I meet real humans. But Pinterest for me is sort of this place where I meet people that would never have found me otherwise. Got it. So Pinterest is really your traffic driver and then you get them into your world and you maybe bring them over to Instagram. You've got your email list to nurture them. But how often would you say that the conversion from cold to nurture from Pinterest converts more people than maybe your Instagram engagement or things like that? Do you see more people from Pinterest being buyers? I see more traffic and I think it just comes down to, for me, I spend a lot of time trying to make Instagram 
work for me. And I think it does from the perspective of I meet people there. And yes, sometimes it translates into a sale, but there, it, it almost feels like smoother mm-hmm. on Pinterest because it's happening through, you know, someone's meeting me cold. They're on their own sort of learning about me and getting to know me. I'm not in their face. They're getting my email nurture sequence. And, you know, I think every business is different. I think some people are hugely successful on other social media platforms, but I think those same people can be very successful. I work with a food blogger that was killing it on TikTok and I talked her into trying idea pins and now she's killing it on idea pins, you know? So love that. You just have to try it. Yeah. I love how you said smoother. I mean, that's just such a relief. I think all of us are like, whatever we can do to make our life easier, we're willing to try it. We'll, we'll try it. So in terms of that, in trying it, what is the next best step for people to take? I'm sure everybody's listening to this and they're like, okay, I'm I understand a bit about the Pinterest tag because maybe I'm familiar with Facebook and I I think this is a spot that I want to try. I want to do some keyword research. What is the next step that everybody can take to get your support with Pinterest? So I have a Pinterest for Beginners course, which is literally from the moment you open up the Pinterest app, it walks you through everything from setting up your account to strategy and optimization and all the things. So that's one way that I help people. And also, obviously, I have services such as I do setups for clients. Like some people just don't want to mess with the setup, but they want to manage it themselves. And so I do that. There are lots of different options, but I think the most important thing for people is to just try it out. You know, get on there, play around, do some keywording, and then see what happens. I love that. Well, I will definitely put all the links in the show notes. So if anybody's listening and you're like, I need to see more of this, I need to know what else I'm missing and what I need to do. Kathy's got you covered. If you're ready, we can move into the rapid fire questions. Sure, sure. Yay. All right. So I have found that to be the most calm and present and productive mompreneur I can be, there are three things that I have needed as guiding posts in place to keep me stable. And those are strategy, support, and self-care. So that is what's going to guide our questions today. The first one being, what is your favorite strategy to help you be more present and productive besides what you shared with us today? I think planning. I am sitting here talking to you and I have a notebook and my planner and it just, I'm the kind of person that if I have a plan, everything feels like it's falling into place for me. I love that. Yeah. Clear roadmap and strategy helps us overachieve or high achievers stay focused. That's for sure. (laughs) Awesome. Number two, what is the number one essential support you have that you could not live without? Oh gosh. Um, I, I have a really great community. I have met so many amazing people online through people I've never met in person that I meet with as support. Like we're a great support group and I have a really supportive family, which makes all the difference. I am super lucky. My oldest child is living with us for a year and she's like my biggest cheerleader. So I would just say people like my online community, as well as my family. I love that. Do you mind sharing what that online community is? Are you in multiple Facebook groups? Are you in a mastermind? I know everybody's always looking to connect. Yeah, sure. So I'm in an amazing Pinterest group. That's a constant learning situation. I'm in a smaller mastermind, a group of us who do what I do. We all meet every other week and we talk about the latest and we share and help each other if we're stuck on something or, you know, if something's not working, it's just such a great perspective. And it is, I know like a lot of us who work in online business, it's, it's sort of solitary sometimes. And that for me was a huge deal. When I left working at the school, I was constantly surrounded. And then I got here and I was sitting in my office. So 
having that online community and people that you can get on zoom with and chat and bounce ideas off is really huge. Yeah, it totally is. I, I a hundred percent attest to that. I've been thinking about that lately. I played sports. I played volleyball in um, high school pretty competitively. And I think about it often, like, don't you miss the team? Like that team, I think I was watching football and I was like, oh, the team. I remember when I had, you know, a team like that. And when you're working towards a, a joint goal. And so I love here that I can create that space and meet amazing women like you who feel the same way. And we can all become business besties and lift each other up. And it's a, it's a beautiful thing to create. So I love it. Awesome. Well, tell me, what's your go-to self-care activity? When you have some me time, what is it that you like to do? I love to walk. I go for walks. It's sort of the thing that I do. I try to go out every day, no matter what. And it also helps me if I'm blocked creatively, I can't come up with any ideas. If I'm worked up about something, I walk. And that's sort of the best thing that I do for myself. I love that. Grace Blacksey from episode number 20, she talked about that as well, how just sometimes putting one foot in front of the other is just what she needs to get her moving throughout her day and to just feel more connected with what's going on and a little less stress. So I love that answer. It's a good reminder for me too. It's getting cold here as we're recording this. It's snowing outside. <laughs> so <laughs> I wish that I could be outside more, but with the kiddos being little, I, I need to find a way to bundle them up and just get outside. Yeah. I love it. All right. Last but not least, tell me your most stereotypical mompreneur story. Think like kids running through a Zoom call with underwear on their heads. I know yours are a bit older, so hopefully that hasn't happened to you yet. But <laughs> do you have a hysterical mompreneur story that only us in this space would get and be like, yes, we understand and we are laughing along there with you? Sure. This is back when my children were little. At the time I was doing faux painting in homes and I was working in a room and my kids were with me that day and a squirrel got in the house. Oh, no. Someone opened the door and a squirrel came in and you can imagine what happened. So, I mean, it was just funny. Like you just, you do what you got to do, right? With the, with the kids and my kids, when they were little came on many a job with me. Now they are older and luckily not so crazy. That's so funny. I love that you can relate. And I love when we can share stories like this that just make us chuckle. We're like, we get it. The chaos. Sometimes we look around and we're like, what, am I being punked right now? Like, what is that? What is happening today? I love it. Well, Kathy, thank you so much. All of this that you have shared with us is so eye-opening personally. I know I've heard a lot about Pinterest, Pinterest, we need to look at Pinterest, but I've never really dove into it. And so hearing all of these things today, and how doable it can be is exciting. It's an opportunity. And I can't wait for everybody to check you out more and see how they can take the next step. Everything you need will be in the show notes. And Kathy, I thank you so much for taking the time to share it all with us today. Thanks so much for having me. And just remember, it doesn't have to be stressful. Pinterest can be super easy. I love that. That's what we're all about here. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. Exhausted by your current content plan? Ready to create consistent content with ROI? Head to themompreneurguide.com slash content to join my upcoming Simplify My Content audio summit. See you next time.